out there. Um, keys just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. Episode 45 of Just Dishing It. Joined as always by my co-host, John Tudes Tudor. Tudes, we are recording on a beautiful Saturday. This is a first time for us. How are you feeling, buddy? I know. It's actually kind of nice recording in the afternoon, not yeah. after a work day. It's kind of cool. Um, I also can't believe it's been 45 episodes. We've been doing this for almost a year now, which is ridiculous. But yeah. hey, man, we're having fun. So yeah. let's keep it that's rolling. That's what it's all about, right? You mentioned something before we started recording. I did. Um, I did. You can just let me have it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I agreed with you because I, I had said you can't obviously bet against Nick Saban in a national championship game. But, you know, in fact, that's what we all should have done. Um, so, yeah, first time we're recording here because um, we had a couple interviews stacked up the last couple weeks. But, um, yeah, first episode after you gave out your Bama pick for the national championship game. How were you feeling during that game? Did you? I feel like at halftime yet. You I have felt. Hope. I got. I felt really good, and then uh, the receiver there, uh, Javante Williams, maybe. So yeah. Williams, the other guy, not Mechie, obviously, because he was hurt. He went down, and as soon as he started grabbing his knee, I just was no, because they were kind of moving a little bit. They were hanging with him. After that, I deep down, I knew it was over. I watched the whole thing until that that interception at the end, but. Down uh, bad. I won't. I won't even bring up your sabers yet. Um, we don't. You know, just we're fine. Headaches all around for you we're on fine. the sports front lately. Yeah, but this is this is a fun episode, Tudor. We're gonna have this fun. Is a, with this, this is a fun episode. All right? don't, so, don't start kicking me when I'm down. All right. No, I won't. I won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the pen, the pens are flying high, and you're you're just loving life. It's okay. Yeah, they're they're unbelievable. But yeah, you know, Ivan Rodriguez for MVP, no big deal. Yeah, I might have to hop on the bandwagon soon for that. <laughs> oh man all right well without further ado we are really excited about this one uh big guest this week everyone please welcome kimberly sass to the episode kim thanks for joining us such a pleasure to have you on how are you how are you you're busy hey benny hey Tudes. <laughs> nice to meet you guys hey i'm a little busy these days you yeah, just that. a little bit we're gonna dive yeah. into everything um no, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. I'm super excited to have you on. I know Nick has been, you know, mentioned it a whole bunch when, you know, a few weeks back or, you know, probably even longer than that, actually. But there's been a long process for you building up. Well, yeah, for the Nick big with show. Uh, Project 816 and Adam have been helping me out big yeah. time with content. So, yeah, they're been the best. behind the scenes a little bit, getting to see stuff <laughs> that the public has not yet. So, yeah, don't worry. He, he, he hasn't mentioned any of it. I wanted to okay, be surprised. Good. He hasn't be... mentioned it, but we had a game with him this past week at Harbor Center. And like before the game, we were sitting there and we told him you were coming on this week. And he's like, oh, you guys are going to have a blast. Like, that's going to be the best conversation. <laughs> so he was he was hyping it up. But yeah, he didn't let us in on anything yet. So nice. That's good. Good to hear. So, I mean, how usually how I like to do these, I mean, start from kind of the beginning. Um, obviously, you know, you have you wear so many hats. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe we just start with, you know, your intro to the game of hockey and everything like that and just kind of work up from there and, and definitely dive into the main event, as it were, that, that we're going to be talking about covering okay. this. Um, but really, what, what kind of got you into hockey? 
When, what's, so, what's your first memories? My father, Bob, um, he played goalie, actually. He played hockey, I think just like high school hockey. Um, and he actually, fun fact about him, he got to practice with the injured Buffalo Sabres because he knew oh, wow. the rink manager. I forget what rink it was, but um, locally, yeah. So anyway, he got my sister and I, my sister's two years older than me, uh, he got us involved in just, you know, general ice skating, probably when I was like three. Um, and then my sister and I started figure skating, I think around like five or six. And I just never remember like totally loving it. I think as her usual, like the toe pick got in the way type of story <laughs> for all the hockey players that used to figure skate. Yeah. Um, and then a local coach uh, for, for a girls team in the boys, um, Amherst Youth Hockey League kind of like was around the rink poaching, um, <laughs> poaching figure skaters, I think. Uh, <laughs> and I think he asked my dad, like, you know, do your daughters want to switch and play ice hockey? And I think he was like jumping all over that cause he played goalie, um, so we were like, yeah, let's do it. So I started playing like, you know, out skating, like as a forward or defense. Um, and I think I was awful at it. Um, like I, I tried being a center and I think the coach was like, why don't you try, try putting the equipment on next game? <laughs> so um, oh, no. yeah, we were on the Mighty Ducks the best team ever that was my first team you know what, too. You know what the worst thing is too as i as you were talking about the coach like poaching like figure skaters and stuff i had the mighty ducks like in my head thinking of like d2 and they're bringing in like all the all the different athletes from different sports but that's awesome yeah uh okay so then i tried goalie i loved it i just loved like you know being special and unique and having the cool equipment and you know, my dad got to coach me and like teach me everything that he knew. So I don't know if I was necessarily like amazing the first time, but um, I just liked it. And I, I don't really know if anyone else really wanted to play goalie. So it kind of just worked out but where ever since that game, I was like the goalie. Um, so then the following year, the whole entire girls team left Amherst Youth Hockey and went to the Buffalo Bisons program. Okay. And we entered a girls league. So that was huge. Like we didn't, you know, have to play against the boys anymore. Um, right. We played against a lot of Canadian teams. Um, and we played out of Nichols. And from then, yeah, so my, goal, my dad was my goalie coach, you know, until college. And, you know, we still talk about it now. But um, also Bob Janos, shout out. <laughs> Went to a lot of his camps and clinics and stuff. Um, then what else can I say here? Went to national camp, I think when I was 16 for USA hockey. Um, let's see. I think I won a national, like national skills competition. Um, then I went to, well, let me back up. Okay. JV and varsity. I played for Williamsville North also at the same time as like my girls travel program. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know if you guys know Brandon, um, Com. he was my, he was a starter and I was a backup for 
varsity. Um, Can't say I know him. Yeah. So then what else happened in my life? Um, (laughs) Then (laughs) I went to Colgate University. Um, I was looking at like a few schools. I was really interested in like Providence. I went and saw Princeton, Union, Niagara University, but that was like a little too close. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spread the wings a little bit. Yeah, and then last minute Colgate reached out to me because um, there was like an injury that happened with one of the goalies. So um decided to sign with Colgate. I love the campus and everything. Um, then my freshman year, I ended up having an awesome year. I won three awards in the ECAC. Um, and what else happened? Yeah, it was an awesome time. Um, then, after I graduated, um, it was really sad, you know? I don't know if, like, you guys used to play hockey, I'm assuming, at a high, yeah. high level, and then now you don't, I'm assuming? <laughs> um, well, kind of, kind of. Not as I high mean, as you. I don't, I don't but... know what you'd call the Harbor Sun or Silver League, but, like. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you play? I personally, I played. Uh, I played high school for um, uh, Brockport. That was my my big claim to fame. There, I played a lot of travel out. I grew up in same as Matt out in the Rochester area. Played a bunch of Rochester youth, Tri County, you know, Triple A teams, stuff like that. So competitive to where like it matters, and then all of a sudden it doesn't. It's just exactly. like pickup stuff. So I know so what you where, mean. Yeah, where not I'm as going cool with as Colgate. Where I'm going with this is I. I've had to retire, I guess I would say, and come back to the game like at least two times already in my career. So after Colgate, I so I went to Colgate for art and geography um, mm-hmm. and kind of talking with my parents. It was getting close to time to graduate, winter break, like my senior year. They're like, all right, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> Probably because they're like, we're not supporting you for the rest of your life. So <laughs> as an artist. So yeah, they that old, old like, dreaded question. Yeah. yeah, my dad is an engineer, an engineering background. So um, he kind of like urged me towards like choosing architecture. I took one architecture studio class at Colgate. They don't have a major for it, but um, I really liked how you can still be creative just at a much larger scale. Um, I feel like maybe not just like a different kind of creative though than art um yeah i always like just love the freedom that you have with art um so anyway i decided to apply to grad school so got in a few places but i decided to to pursue um university at buffalo to be home um so right after college i so like in terms of what i could have done for hockey i could have gone overseas and played in Europe. Um, I don't know what the pay situation was. Um, I think the CWHL was around, but again, like the pay, it wasn't livable like right. at all. If they were even paying, I don't really know. Um, so for me, it was like, I'm not going to delay my, um, I guess, grad school trajectory to go overseas. So got right into it like had remember I had to take physics classes at like 8 a.m like starting in the summer after I graduated I just was like actually legitimately depressed I think because 
bam, like right away, art is kind of like taken away from me. My teammates taken away from me. Hockey is no longer a thing. And it's like, I just spent so long trying to get so good at something. And, you know, now I don't even get to do that thing. It's weird. The level that I would like to, I remember I tried to do like some beer league games and no one plays defense in beer league. So um, I just remember getting off the ice like so frustrated and like (laughs) so mad. So (laughs) that wasn't really an option for me to like, you know, just like feel good and play hockey either. Um, So yeah, then I started grad school in the fall of that year. Um, It's kind of just like, in the zone because you have to be in architecture school it's like a lot of all-nighters like just so time consuming um and then in 2015 um the nwhl formed and i remember being like super excited because i just felt like i wasn't done playing i didn't feel like i was like washed up or like uh you know too old to play anything like that so I was like, that okay. fire in you a little bit yeah you weren't, you weren't ready like, to be done i got this so yeah. uh came out of retirement after like chugging coffee like every day in my life in in grad school and like sitting at a desk all day so you know i had to work out like crazy to get back in shape um yeah. for the first season i played for the buffalo buttes um uh what can i say about that so uh brie mclaughlin was the starter and then amanda mackala and i um were kind of like backing up um i think i only got like a game and a half playing time but um i was also finishing grad school at the same time and then also like right in january i started working full-time at a firm um because pay wasn't livable yet still not so um I think I made 10K the minimum that that first year. Um, so it was just, yeah, I think it was just like a crazy time too because I was doing so many things at the same time. Um, I, I felt like I couldn't really get to my potential uh, playing, I don't know, that year. So after that year, um, I think I tried to reach out to New York and Buffalo to see if they needed a goalie. Um, at that time, I think New York was already set. Um, I think I could be a practice goalie, but they decided not to pay practice goalies that year. So I decided again to, okay, guess this is time again to focus on my <laughs> career. Retirement number two. Um, uh, and I again I still felt like I just got back in shape like I'm not done yet like why am I why do I have to be done just because there's not enough options basically I felt like yeah. uh, to play for women so I just decided to keep working um still worked out and stuff like that um then the third year of the NWHL was approached by the Metropolitan Riveters coach um for a like second string position. So I jumped at that. Uh, I had done an internship in New York for architecture in 2014. So I knew that I loved the city. Um, so uh, moved away from my boyfriend of, let's see, three years at that point, our dog, my family, packed oh. up my stuff, 
just to like play hockey and like for my career also to, you know, get a job in New York for a while. Sure. I didn't know how long, maybe it would have been one year, a couple years. So moved, um, played for the ribs. Um, I was back up. I got my first ever end up win that season against Connecticut. Um, and then we won the Isabel cup championship that year. Yeah. Um, that was really cool to be a part of. Our team was awesome. We just like clicked. Our coach was awesome. Um, and then, um, what else? so I stayed for two years. Well, I stayed for three years, but the second year with the ribs. And then after that fourth year of the end of, um, many of us left to form the, um, PWHPA professional women's hockey players association. And I was, uh, approached to, um, see if I want to become a board member. And I said, absolutely. Um, and I think we'll fast forward, like later on to the, the, my art, art project that I'm working on with SAS studio, but, um, a lot of the same like feelings went towards the foundation of or like my commitment to the PWHPA and also what I'm doing with SAS Studio. So um, just like, I think the whole thing came out of a place of like frustration of the, just like the status of pro women's hockey, gender inequities that we were facing like year after year, you know, we felt like the direction was, not going the right way in terms of like pay actually decreased from the first year to the fourth year. Um, just like, you know, things like we didn't have a general manager for the Riveters, but other teams did. Um, and it led to a lot of like just general issues with the team the fourth year. Um, you know, I could go on and on. A lot of these, like I have some examples of like, things in my art show obviously that you'll everyone will get to see in like a week but um a lot of stuff just and then another thing that led to the formation of the pwhpa i'd say was the cwhl um folding the canadian women's hockey league yeah um so they folded and so all of the canadian players had nowhere to play unless they got unless they moved to the states and if they move to the States, um, they have to have like, you know, the working visa. Right. But if they don't get a livable wage, like they have to find some other way to also make a living outside of hockey. It's complicated for Canadians, I think, to play here. So uh, a lot of those players, most of them joined the PWHPA and then all the Olympians and um, a lot of D1 players left the NWHL to form this. Um, the goal of the PWHPA is um, basically to raise awareness of what's going on in women's pro women's hockey um, and to come together to form a future, like viable, livable wage uh, professional league. Um, so I've been with the PWHPA since uh, 2019. And so I played 
one year with like the tri-state region we had the first year second year um i was kind of like during covid so it was like pretty challenging same with this year i played for um new hampshire the second year and this year i'm on the roster for the boston team um but i as you can probably notice i've been a little sidetracked and busy with my art project that has to do with pro women's hockey so i've been more of like a remote uh third string position if they <laughs> am needed for showcases and things like that um i would have loved to be like more engaged with my team and stuff this year but i really feel like this show art show is like super important at least to me yeah. and i think it will hopefully make waves in the like hockey community and open some eyes um yeah so that's my kind of playing backstory long but <laughs> i am no, 31 was, so <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful that was awesome right in nice chronological order leading all yeah. the, you even started the segue for me it was perfect you absolutely <laughs> nailed it nice Tudor, did you want to chime in on anything before we dive into the kind of the big thing here that we want to discuss and promote being the, uh, the her art project? You had, you had any questions you want to jump in with? Yeah, no, I mean, more so too, just on, you know, the PWHPA and, and everything going on there. I know, you know, we had mentioned before we had a chance to talk to, to Jackie about that as well. Um, shout out to Jackie Greco. Yeah, shout out to awesome. Jackie. Um, She's the best. And, uh, <laughs> Just uh, it it sounds like it's an awesome way to to kind of bring that awareness to women's professional hockey and, and really get that out there. I mean, what what's the progress been like? Have you been seeing some of that tangible progress the last few years, you know, under the new formation there? And what does that look like compared to where things started? I guess from you know, a financial standpoint, but also just the professional development standpoint and the outlook for the next, you know, five, 10, however many years. So just to start, I guess we're not a league. So we, we don't get like a salary for being part of the PWHPA and like the showcases and stuff. But um, we, if you win showcases, you do get um, like, we've been doing a prize pot um, thanks to, our partner secret deodorant. Um, so on that note, we have gained so many huge name uh, brand partners, corporate sponsors and partners for the PWHPA starting the first year, like Adidas, Dunkin' Donuts, um, yeah. secret deodorant, um, like Harvey's, Tim Hortons, Bauer, like so many huge names decided to support us and join us on our mission it was just so nice to see big companies realizing um that there's value in supporting our mission um and i feel like we didn't really see that that level of support with the nwhl um yeah can i can i say what's different right like why why do you think they're jumping on now and they weren't those big name sponsors weren't necessarily jumping on before. Is there like a huge shift in how things are being done? I would say like, I think the biggest thing is like awareness. And I think that kind of like why I'm doing this art show too. My art show is titled behind the front. 
I've always felt since the first day of like playing professional women's hockey that we've always had to like, like almost like fake it till you make it like to the media, to everyone had to like act like everything was like so great. And um, we were doing so well, like whether it be like financially or just like, you know, I think we were hesitant to talk about the negative things because we didn't want that to like halt any progress or like, or mess up any relationships with potential sponsors. But I think like when you're honest and truthful about the situation is when people actually understand and and like, if you tell people about it, they're going to know about it and they're going to, they want to help you, you know? So it's like, that's where I'm coming from, I guess, with the art show too, is like, I think that once we were very vocal about what was wrong and what we needed help with, I think that might've led to more sponsorship opportunities as well. Yeah. It certainly seems like awareness would have been the key for that in in the shift and kind of starting to see some real progress, you know, with the the new association and everything. But I want to give you as much time as we have here now to to dive into talking about the art show and promoting it because I'm excited. I, you know, yeah. obviously with Nick and well, Adam, like all the work they've been Buffalo. doing. Yeah. I've just confirmed. Yeah. It's coming to Let's Buffalo. Go. I can't say where yet officially, <sighs> but coming soon. Can we get a um, Yes. Right after the Jersey City leg of this behind the front tour that it's turned into. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in cool. February, late February. Okay. Uh-huh. Be ready. All right. Absolutely. Good thing we'll be back from Vegas, you know, by then there too. So we've got plenty of time to, to, to make sure we can get there wherever yeah. it is. We'll make sure we, yeah. we can get there, get the whole squad over there. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, I want to ask just kind of the whole, you know, a little more detail as far as, you know, the name and everything, you know, your, your, your goal with it and just kind of dive into to more of what you're trying to do, the inspirations and all that. Just, just talk a little more about that if you mm-hmm. could. So, like I said, uh, the start of Behind the Front and, like, my idea behind this show. Um, so, the idea behind this came from, you know, a place of frustration um, similar to the PWHPA formation. Um, it was just, like, coming from being in the locker room with my teammates and, like, you know, things happening, like, for practices where we weren't booked our like normal practice rink or locker room we'd travel to these like you know travel rinks and have like one tiny locker room that's meant for like mite hockey and we'd be like piled up and like couldn't even there was no visible rubber floor area where we could even like step with our skate blades it was like just full of bags um and like we would just be like we would just like our normal reaction be like rolling our eyes and laughing and making jokes about it but it's like every single thing we would just have to like roll off our shoulders and laugh or the alternative was less productive like crying or getting pissed or whatever yeah um so it's like i just decided like is there anything that i can personally do that's more productive than laughing or crying or getting pissed about this um so i'm like i've always wanted to get back into art since I graduated from Colgate, like my journey with architecture has been um, 
definitely long and somewhat rewarding now, but it was like really grueling and I really missed art um, during that whole process. So um, decided to form SAS Studio, Kimberly SAS LLC um, last year. And, uh, but I started my first painting for the show when I was still living in Jersey City um, in 2019. And um, I think just like trying to use my talents that I have in art to, to like send big in your face messages to society is the goal. I guess my goals of the show are like, number one, to raise awareness of the inequities, gender inequities that we face as not only professional um, women's hockey players, but in many professional women's sports, like we're not where we need to be. Um, yeah. To just like showcase some of those um, experiences um, through art. And then number two, to gather individual and corporate support. So more fans, more corporate um, support in terms of partnerships and sponsorships. Um, number three, to raise funds. So I'm going to be doing an auction, online auction, um, starting with the event at MSG going through April 1st. And I'm also selling um, prints. So um, like copies of the original. Um, and the uh, beneficiary of this show is the Women's Sports Foundation. Um, so all 10% um, of all sales from the auction and prints through April 1st uh, will go to the Women's Sports Foundation. And they are huge in advocating for girls and women in sports. Their kind of slogan is all girls, all women, and all sports. Um, really excited to be working with them. And fourth, uh, to inspire people, all people, to speak up about things that they feel need to change. So um, those yeah. are my goals of the show. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, what else can I say? I mean, you're I channeling, you, about, you talk a lot about a lot of frustration and stuff, right? And it's like hmm. you mentioned when you started there, like, you wanted to, you said to yourself, what else could I do to, to bring this awareness and change things? And it was, was it sort of like a, a kind of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like, like a venting process almost, just like a, an, another outlet to take out those frustrations and kind of spin it for something positive to, to bring that awareness. Did you yeah, view it? Sure. You, like, yeah. As when I was painting, like I just, some nights I'd be like, I really excited about, uh, you know, the opportunities that I had playing and looking back at these like awesome memories of my teammates and, you know, winning a championship and yeah. just like being able to be an athlete still after college. Um, and then there were some nights where I'm like, why is the world the way it is? Like, <laughs> can yeah. you imagine like one quest having to make some paintings to like try to speak to the world about the stuff that he's going through that's not right. Like, it's just like, what? It's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, it's definitely like. Roller coaster. A roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, look, it's obviously 
the attention that it's already getting the, you know, I mean, Kim, this is going in Madison Square Garden. This is it's like, like <laughs> it's so crazy. crazy. To, to, yeah. I, I mean, I think I first reached out um, to the Rangers. I didn't really know if it would, they would take it or not. Um, and I was reaching out to like a bunch of other, you know, galleries for like the art side of this show. Right. Um, yeah. So it was just like nuts that, that this is happening. And it's like my first formal show since, you know, I do like big shows for in like the academic world, you know, I did a thesis for my art and a thesis for my architecture, which is also like sort of art related as well. But like my first formal show is going in Madison Square Garden. Like, I don't think it's hit me yet. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, that's kind of a big deal, right? Like <laughs> one of the most iconic venues uh, in the in United the States, uh, you know, sports wise, at least that's unbelievable. Like, congratulations on that first off. Thanks. Oh, man. Uh, now is so I guess like with on the art side of things too. like while while we're on this, it, has it always been painting? Is that like your your favorite medium to work in? So yeah, I would say I enjoy painting the most. I also enjoy drawing and um, like, you know, with my architecture background, also three-dimensional like installation pieces, mm. um, but mostly painting, I'd say. So I have seven paintings in the show and four installation pieces. <clears throat> and I think the installation pieces will also like help the guests and the visitors um, really engage with the experiences that I'm trying to portray. Um, just like physically seeing the experience for themselves. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Did, I'm not going to elaborate too much. Don't, 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 yeah, yeah, away, yeah, don't, don't. You got to make people go see it for themselves. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. We want to, we want as many people in there as possible, but one, did you, was that a calculated like thing? Did you say like, did you set numbers of like, how many of the the paintings you wanted to do or is it just how the collection just kind of came together yeah i think it's how the collection came together and like the themes that i'm trying to discuss here so like living wage facilities equipment mm -hmm. um what else am i trying to say yeah those are the main ones i would say that are in the show um okay and I think it's just like how how would be best to portray those experiences and like what medium. So yeah, that's kind of how I decided that. That makes sense. I was just kind of curious if there was any any calculatedness as far as you know wanted it to be more paintings or or more of the kind of three dimensional stuff. But no, that's that's yeah. really cool that it's a mix though. I like that. Like you say, like I think I wanted it mainly to be painting because that's what I'm most comfortable in and enjoy the most. Um, yeah. So what was your what was your creative process for this, right? When you were coming up with these paintings or the insulation pieces, do you do you just sit down with like a blank canvas and just kind of like what pops into your head, you run with it? Or do you like come up with all these ideas and you know going in this is exactly what I want this to look like? I'm a very like planny painter. Um which is weird because I hate planning anything else in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of a hot mess in every. I feel like you haven't been able to plan anything else in your life with uh, <laughs> talking through your whole career trajectory so far. Yeah, 
it's kind of go with the flow, but no, for the paintings, they're, I would say they're like all pretty calculated and technical looking. Um, I actually like start with, I collect like reference images and like, you know, have the overall idea. And then I use, actually use a projector to like get the bones of it at the scale that I want on the yeah. canvas, like use paint to kind of like, as the projector's going, have all the lights off, just like kind of outline the general shape of the thing. And then once I have the bones on the canvas, then I can like shut off the projector and just like go to town on like all the colors that I want to use and color blocking. And then the last step is like detailing the whole yeah. thing. And that is that stuff so over my head. I mean, my I, I painted walls, you know, going through college, just one color. I can't even imagine using a projector <laughs> screen. <laughs> the closest I got to that was lining up patterns on wallpaper. <laughs> nice. That's so cool, though. The projector. That's so like another thing that I was really curious about is um, as far as like challenges i know i'm sure there's a ton is is there been you know one or two or however many that either maybe you saw them coming when you wanted to really take this on and you like dove in head first like i'm going for this art show or are there some that you didn't see coming that you anything like that as far as challenges that you came across that maybe you could mm -hmm. fix for the next one or just, just anything like that yes Definitely. <laughs> Where do I even start with the challenge? So, uh, number one, like I knew I wanted this show. If I was going to do a show again, or like a big form, I knew I wanted a big formal show that ended up in a gallery, have a big gallery opening to celebrate being done and stuff like that. Um, but I guess I never really thought of how much, how many hats you have to wear just like being an artist and trying to do something like this because you have to be an event planner. You have to be an accountant. You have to be like, you know, in the marketing field, trying to get sponsors and stuff. Um, if you're doing something like this scale, um, you have to worry about logistics and moving and getting a U-Haul and, you know, like where are you going to stay? And um, like ordering packing in, like shipping supplies and catering and <laughs> just yeah. like a DJ, like literally everything, insurance, um, nah. art supplies. Like it's just a lot uh, that adds up in terms of like your time, but also financially. Um, and then what else would I say? Um, kind of seems like the biggest lesson is just doing it. And just diving in and then seeing yeah. what comes up along the way. Like, and that's the best way to, to learn. From I was it. never going to be like hundred percent ready. Cause I've never yeah. done something like this before. I mean, yeah. maybe I could have like researched and reached out to other artists and talked to them first, but I would end up in the same spot anyway. Um, <laughs> and then I guess one thing I would change probably for the next one, this is like a little bit of a different situation though. Is like, this show I felt was sort of time sensitive in terms of like, I think both now the PHF and the PWHPA were both sort of like trying to work towards a better situation for a pro women's hockey. And 
I felt like trying to get this show out there as soon as possible was the most important versus um, having all the pieces. So where I'm trying to go with this is I did not have all the pieces done before I reached out to venues and um, like sponsors. So I put together okay. a deck of renderings and things like that. Thank God for my architecture background and being able to like 3D model you know, a gallery yeah. space, walls, being able to like map the either photoshopped images of what I was going to paint or the actual pieces that I was done with onto that. And I did like a video walkthrough of what I thought the space would look like. And that's how I was able to pitch this to people before I was even done with all the paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of like once those, once all of that started going though, then it was like I became so busy with trying to coordinate logistics and event planning for all these venues. This is not just going to one place. And it's like, I still have to finish all these paintings. <laughs> you know? yeah. They're yeah. finally done. But um, these past couple months have been just insane. Like sleeping like four hours. Cause you know, I have, I still have my nine to five architecture job um, right. on top of this. So I think if I ever did this, I, I'm planning on trying to trying to pursue art um, just full time, potentially if I can. Right. Uh, after this, but you never know um, yeah, of how it's gonna go. Of course. So, but if I do a large show like this again, I think I would definitely create all the artwork before I start uh, approaching venues and and things like that. Love it. I absolutely love it. One thing I wanted to ask you too, um, you know, as far as the the position that you're in, uh, you know, kind of being on the sort of the front line of this issue, raising awareness and the initiatives that you're taking with this art show and stuff. Do you think about that a lot? Like the, I guess you recognize maybe like the, the good that you're doing, the image that you create for like young girls to, to look up to or to like model themselves after just as an example, like representation, I guess is the best word as far as, you know, not only are you an awesome hockey goalie still, you know, you've retired a couple of times, but you keep coming back. Um, <laughs> you're an, obviously a killer artist. Never you left. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Never <laughs> left architecture. Like all these, like I said, in the beginning, these different hats that you wear, is that something that you think about and does that kind of fuel you? to keep pursuing all this and these four hours of sleep nights and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, you, you literally have gone pro in three different things at the same time. That's, and that's absurd. Like, yeah, I guess you could say that <laughs> it's like getting paid for three different, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think, so I, I guess I forgot to mention that I'm like an ambassador for if then um, an organization that uh, tries to oh, increase, yes increase visibility of females in STEM careers, um, try to get um, more girls involved in STEM at a young age. Um, so For those listening, like well, a, STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, engineering right? Engineering and math, yeah. yeah. Now it's, I think it's STEAM and it includes architecture, but... Um, oh, cool. So STEAM sounds cooler anyways. <laughs> yeah, so like I was a part of that. There was 125 of us and they made a 3D full-size, life-size 3D print statue of us. And it was the most 
female statues ever in, installed in one area and it was installed in Dallas. It's not up anymore, but um, don't know if they're trying to move it to exhibit anywhere else, but that was so cool to see. But to answer your question, I feel like it's common and we even talked about this with the ambassadors, like having like imposter syndrome or like not, not recognizing like the impact that you have, I guess. Like, I don't know. I just feel like these are the things that I enjoy doing with my life and I'm just doing them. um, Sometimes not realizing like the impact that it may have on people. But um, I think like looking back, if when I was like 10 or so, like, if I could see someone doing these multiple things, I think it would just like increase the the possibilities that I saw for myself. Um, I think one thing though, that I don't like about doing all these things at one time is that I don't really want to send that. This is not the message that I want to be sending that like you should have to be doing 10,000 things to survive. Um, yeah. Like I think that, Again, it should be a choice if you have like to pursue other things outside of sport because you should be compensated fairly and with a livable wage for a professional sport as the men are. So that has been kind of frustrating that I've been coined like, you know, it's almost like I'm a professional multitasker and it's that's not really something that I want to be like, uh, that should necessarily be celebrated, I guess. It's like, I think it should be celebrated in a way, right? Like each thing, like yeah, like individually, but all at once is kind of not the message that I'm going for. Like the ultimate hustler (laughs) type thing is like I'm down for the hustle, but like it's a lot, and I don't think anyone should have to do this. Um, Yeah. So I, I definitely get what you're saying there. What do you What do you think that looks like? Right. So that that three-year-old or, or five-year-old girl right now in Buffalo whose dad's taken her to hockey practice just like yours was, you know, what does it look like for her when she gets to college and, and she's looking at careers if if she's at that point in her hockey career, like, you know, in, you know, 15, 20 years, whatever that is? I think it's just, like, crazy to think about, though, because if that opportunity was there where you could go from college right into pros and be making – an actual living wage salary, I could have totally pursued my art career that I went to college for as I'm playing pro hockey, Um, you know, like at night, you know, or like after afternoon practice, like head to my studio. Um, Whereas like, instead of hustling and, and doing this whole architecture career, because something that I was already good at and spent so much time getting good at didn't, couldn't pay me enough. But I think that that's what we're aiming for is creating a league that you can go right from college. Like pro guys, sometimes they leave college even before they graduate to go play. Um, I still think getting an education is important though. So I think, um, you know, for after your playing career, um, but again, I think it should be a choice whether you pursue that like during your pro career, pro sports career or not. Do you do you think you'd ever get into coaching when you're done playing someday? I have coached. Um, yeah. I would say I actually like 
I don't love coaching as much as I love playing. Sure. Maybe that's for everyone, but um, I probably would. on some I level. Would, I would. Imagine. I would do it. I think like a like a part time thing. I think I enjoy my other other ten thousand things that I do <laughs> like, a little bit more than coaching. But um, I do enjoy giving back and like being on the ice with uh, young goalies and like seeing their excitement and uh, you know trying to offer them any advice that I can give them to make them better. Yeah, no, that's cool. And you're, you're definitely given back so many other ways too, and with what you're pursuing and what you're doing. But uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you before we kind of wrap up and make sure you plug the dates and the tour stops and all of that sort of stuff and where people can follow you. But uh, on a positive note, what's been kind of the, your favorite part of this as far as I, I know it's not, you, you know, it should be a choice and all this stuff you said, but what, has there been one moment where you've just been like kind of overcome with joy of that you really are proud and happy that you decided to, to jump in head first and really pursue this with specifically like the art show. I think just like, I'm just proud of myself for like, not just, giving up I feel like there's a lot of actually like closet artists in architecture that like their career in art just dies because they're in the nine to five grind and like you know don't push themselves to do things after work and they just sit on the couch and watch Netflix and that's that um but I think that I'm just proud of myself for actually trying to make this happen for like my art career and not just like you know, for the advocacy part of this, but um, to see where it goes and and not giving up on myself, I guess, and having like the confidence to to do it. Hell yeah, I love it. Um, Toots, do you have anything else you wanted to ask before we button it up here? I think I think we covered everything. I'm super stoked to see the see the show and. Uh, to really see what the feedback is on it too. I think you're going to get some awesome feedback and it's going to be, it's going to be cool to see that all come together. Cause you know, we know you've been working hard on it and it's definitely something to be excited and proud of. I think it might be a little bit controversial. There might be some positive and negative feedback, but hopefully more positive than negative. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's to be expected in some way, right? Unfortunately, that's yeah. just kind of you know a, your artwork is good when it does yeah. that. So yeah, yeah, actually, do you uh, now that I think about it here? Last question, and this kind of like isn't related totally, but who's your? Do you have a favorite artist that inspires the way that you create or or your process? Well, my I feel like my biggest influence was my professor at Colgate, Lynette Stevenson. We just like, you ever have a professor where you just like click with in terms of like, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you like wrote a paper and they just were like, this is like, you just connected some way. Um, oh yeah. She just like I understood. Sure. Yeah. She just understood how, how I worked and the style that I had and um, any advice she'd give me, I'd try it out. And then like the next day she'd see it and, just like worked for like whatever she would tell me it just any advice definitely like we both agreed made the painting better and just like yeah she made me so excited about art and like um having someone in your life like that that 
inspires you and gives you confidence each time that like you're improving is what I think makes the biggest difference in, in terms of like, if you keep pursuing that thing or not. So I think her, um, Jessica Stockholder is another artist that, uh, I think does some really cool stuff in terms of like colors and crossing the boundaries of like 2d and 3d painting and um, sculpture um yeah i say those two yeah i definitely i can relate with the professor thing for sure yeah i want to she gonna be coming out to see uh see the show i actually have to it's been so busy that i actually have to update her because when i first reached out to her i was still looking for venues (laughs) (laughs) uh, i think she's gonna be a little I think you got one. I think you got one now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Well, look, Kim, um, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Um, I want you to take whatever time you need here, though, to plug all the places like, you know, your social media, websites, dates, locations, all of that stuff. Just just run it through for everybody so they can come check it, check it out, follow you and all that stuff. Okay, here comes the word vomit. So yeah. everyone follow SAS Studio Art, S-A-S-S Studio Art uh, on Instagram and Twitter uh, and Facebook. And my website is KimberlySass.com. Uh, you can shop the merch backslash store. Um, backslash behind the front is the page where you can find all the details about my behind the front art show uh, tour and um venues locations tickets all that stuff is on the website um the first stop the opening of behind the front is going to be at uh hulu theater in madison square garden hosted by the new york rangers right before they play seattle kraken uh at 10 30 a.m there's going to be a vip influencer kind of like private part uh at 10 a.m to 10 30 Public is allowed at 10.30 to 1. The panel discussion is at 11.15. So you can catch me talking all things gender, equality, and my art show and everything about that at 11.15. All you need is a Rangers ticket. Um, I think you have to show proof of vaccination and wear a mask. Um, The next stop, right after that, I'm taking the show to Jersey City, New Jersey at Novato Gallery, and that is opening on Wednesday, February 2nd at 10 a.m. I think the gallery hours start at 10 a.m. There's going to be three receptions for this um, Novato Gallery part of the tour. Um, Novato Gallery is open February 2nd to the 11th, um, but the receptions are February 2nd at 7 to 8 p.m. for National Girls and Women in Sports Day, kind of like a special celebration for that. Um, Athletes, if you're wearing a jersey, you get in for free. Otherwise, tickets for any of the days to get into the gallery, they're $20. You can purchase them right online and just show your phone that um, proof of purchase at the door. Uh, You can also buy tickets at the door. And then the main kind of like celebration party receptions are that Friday and Saturday at 7 to 10 p.m. 
the 4th and the 5th of February. And I'll be giving a little talk at 7.30, both of the nights. It's going to be free food, DJ, free refreshments by Spindrift, my sponsor, shout out. Um, what else did I say? Oh, and a cash bar. <laughs> Some local <laughs> beers and things like that. Um, and merch is definitely available at uh, Novato Gallery. So if you want apparel and also prints, we'll be there too. So you can browse that. Um, next stop after Jersey City is Buffalo and LA and Seattle are TBD. We're working on shipping sponsors right now. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> the, the end date is April 1st. So of the auction, the online auction. Ah, yes. Wanted to plug the auction again, of course. that was it. All right. Perfect. Thank you again, Kim. Everyone go follow her. Check everything out. Check out her work. This is it's a really cool thing. Show some love. Show some support because it's, it's for, obviously, a great cause that impacts so many people. So, Kim, thank you for everything you're doing. And keep kicking ass. I love it. My, I'm so excited we got personal, to talk to you. My personal Instagram is at underscore the daily sass if you want to follow me personally also awesome yeah we'll tag stay sassy yeah we'll tag you in everything for sure thank you again kim i really appreciate it thank you thanks dude thanks for joining us everybody we'll see you next week bye everybody